0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the St. George's Rod and Staff, the official podcast of the Church of St. George the Martyr in Kales River, alongside the chapelries of St. Mark and St. Monica's. This is your continued exploration of faith during this time of crisis. I'm Lindsay Shooters and I'm joined as always by the rector of our parish, Father Rodney Whiteman. I just want to say right up top, I want to echo the words of the president that every South African with a smartphone should please download the COVID Alert SA app. I will link both the Apple and Android links in the podcast description. Um, there's a lot of misinformation going around about the government surveillance and everything like these are tools that were developed by Google and Apple. Um, to. It's completely anonymous. It will just use your Bluetooth to be able to ping other phones around you. So if you're at the shops and if you maybe interacted with someone who is Tested positive for COVID nineteen, you will get alerted through that, but it's all completely anonymous. Um, there's no government intervention. The app is basically a shell, built around the tools that Google and Apple have provided. Um, and the only way we can get through it is if everybody has it and everybody plays along. COVID is going to be with us for a while. Father, um, any other insights that you gain from the president um, this, this in his last address? <laughs>
1: Oh, look, um I I was quite interested in the fact that al- although we need to open up our country to ensure that international trade and international relationships are um are being being built up and that's why I thought that the international lifting of the international ban was was a good one. But given mm-hmm. the fact that we must I mean, the one thing that you said now is important. COVID is still with us, very much so. The um, virus hasn't lessened. Um, we hope it hasn't mutated into something far worse. Um, and so because it's still it's still present with us, that the protocols um, are, 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 are something we must learn to, as it were, keep in our hearts and minds and be active about it. Um, I can tell you that, in one's engagement with people, uh, we so easily forget the social distancing and, and mm. masking. And I would, today today we were in the in the in the diocesan, um, Standing Committee meeting, and a report back from the provincial Standing Committee uh, was very interesting. Where one person said, and "This was a young person. The wearing of masks means you must cover both your nose." And your mouth. And a lot of people have just been closing. I've noticed that they've just been closing their mouth and oh. kept their nose oh. open. So that was mm-hmm. a very clear message. And then the second one that came out of PSC was that if we do not maintain the protocols that we have right now, one of the members who's a doctor on the president's um, COVID team mm. um, said. That in December month we in for a shock when it, if if uh, COVID reaches to its second wave, so no doubt that is an important um, part to play. The second thing is, you know, I I'm I'm very um, interested always in this issue about the restrictions of alcohol. Mm. Uh, we had to we had to pay we had to write up um, a protest here because. Uh, Ponderosa wanted to open on a Sunday, and um, we do know, without judging alcohol and those who drink, we do know that if it is abused, and unfortunately is abused a lot, we do know it, it begins to um, break down in family life. People are drunk on the road; it breaks down there. So there's no control if people are. Um, are acting as if they are too thirsty, um, mm. so so I think that, you know we are called to to be people who are who are responsible for ourselves and therefore for other people. Why we celebrate when it comes to the restrictions of alcohol now being lifted is is something to me very very strange. Um, mm. But I think generally, when I listen to what I would consider the sobering voice of the president, um, who's really trying to keep, this is not, this is, this is unlike apartheid, this is a kind of a thing that no matter what your skin color is, no matter what your race is, no matter how much money you have or how little you have COVID doesn't choose this respect, respectable people goes across every boundary. So therefore, every one of us are in this thing. And so you need somebody who has a level mind, who listens to reason and fact, and is able to articulate it in such a way that we are satisfied that we can respond to what his message is in a responsible way.
2: So, mm-hmm.
1: I, and I think, you know, uh, you said the... Um, theme for this week, which I chose was a little bit weird. Um and maybe this is where I'd like to tap into that theme and show mm-hmm. that while yeah. it's weird, it's very necessary.
0: May I? Yeah. Well, I just want to know why why we need to share with Christ the work of God's okay. kingdom.
1: Okay. So um why I thought it's necessary to tap into that share with Christ in the work of God's kingdom. I think the question would be is Again and again, what is the kingdom of God and what is the work of the kingdom? And what you and I are talking about now in terms of our civil life and our political life and our economic life is all drawn into the work of the kingdom. Because in the work of the kingdom we are called to ensure that justice is maintained, we are sure that equity is maintained, we are sure that Potential victims are protected. We are to ensure that there is peace between people. Um, Mm -hmm. We we, we ensure that any grievance must have a table that they can speak to in order to find common ground. And also the commitment of government to serve its people. Um, So when we talk about the work of the kingdom, it impacts every aspect of our lives. And because of, of such a nature, because it's either we take we take seriously the kingdom of God or we're working for another kingdom. And mm-hmm. in the kingdom of God, there is partnerships. And Jesus, the main player of the kingdom, the one who brought the kingdom idea to us, who preached about it, whose, whose mission was about it, whose very ministry was about it. um we are called like in our baptisms we share with Christ in his death and the resurrection. So in the, in, we share in the work of God's kingdom to ensure that the work of God's kingdom is engaging every aspect of our human existence, including our care for the environment. And, uh, and so this, this theme challenges us to recognize it, whatever we do, must always be seen as being in partnership with others.
2: Mm. We, we
1: we're not working here for ourselves. We've got to learn to work in tandem and who better than the one who could stand up against the devil, who could stand up against death and declare it is completed and who rose from the dead for us, who intercedes at the right hand of the Father since his ascension. These all matter to our lives. And so we're sharing with the one um, who's both the victim and the victor in Christian theology, and we share in the work that can help us work through um, the things that um, that are still of the, as I call it, the kingdom of the empire, um, where the kingdom of God and its values will ensure a partnership. And also, the kingdom of God is not static; it's not uh, paralyzed. There is mm. work of the kingdom to be done. And um, for example, you write about, let's say you write about um, all the electronic stuff that are coming out. Now, you may promote the equipment and you may promote the program that runs for the various things that can be done on it.
2: Mm. But the
1: impact of electronics on our lives is also important to note mm. um, because I don't know, sitting with all these mechanical stuff and electronic stuff around it, what impact on my body it's having. Is it tiring me out? Is it not tiring me out. This is where you come in and you say, well, we've studied all the things that the components are co- put together. So we are saying to you it's environmentally friendly. Now, that's a value I can embrace. I can then hold you. And you raise the issue about everybody that has a smartphone should heed what the president is saying. They should download this app, not be suspicious about you being spied on in any way by government or whatever else it is, but it's an app that could certainly be, be protective in the way we want to be responsible, ensuring that the virus is not spread. That, for me, when you announce that, when you speak about it, it's for me working for the kingdom's sake. Um, so, so anything that will enhance, improve, better, celebrate human life and create something that should be seen as part of the work of God's kingdom. And so unless we are all, what we're doing is, of destruct, dest, uh, is destruction in nature, then of course the kingdom says, let's stand up against that.
2: All the forms
1: of corruption that's going. So that's why I believe that theme is very effective. And who better than Christ to help us in that? In that part? In that the way?
0: Okay, I, I misunderstood it then as like we need to share the the gifts that we are bringing with Christ. And it's like, if you believe in the in the Trinity, uh, He's supposed to. <laughs> him and God are like the same thing. So the work of the kingdom will be shared anyway. But um, Father, if you could please call us together with the collective prayer, and then I'll catch up with you at the, at the G after that.
2: So
1: my sisters and brothers, I greet you in the name of the Lord. And I'm I, after having shared all of that, let us just be mindful of God's presence with us and with all peoples across the globe as we gather, all of us together, and all of creation, Pray generous God, you endow us with gifts for the good of creation. Make us trustworthy in all things that we may share with Christ the work of your kingdom through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Okay, so me... Father,
0: the first reading, the first reading is from Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 1 to 11. And so last week we spoke about being ready for the day that the Lord comes. And now Paul is saying that it will come as a thief in, at night. When people say everything is quiet and safe, then suddenly destruction will hit them. It will come as suddenly as the pains that come upon a woman in labor, and people will not escape. This is dramatic. It's... (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I don't know what to make of the idea of being ready for... Like, we should always be ready for death. Like, again, full disclosure, I believe that there is nothing after death. I don't believe in the idea of the afterlife. Um, so, I, I, I'm not, I'm not on the side of the idea of there being a judgment day. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm always ready. I love, I try and love my life to the fullest. So, I am always ready to, to be taken away because I, I don't expect anything, anything else. You know. Um, walk me through this from the other side of, of, of the aisle. Okay.
1: I, I don't particularly think the Day of the Lord necessarily deals with death. Mm. Um, the 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 understanding that Jesus came to do the work of creation, and then sent His Spirit to guide the church and the world into His way, and at some point there will be a day in which accountability. For all of that that has happened, because at the end of the day, as Christians, we believe this was God's world. It is God's time, uh, and we are we we are mem- we we belong to God. So the day in which God holds us accountable in our responses to Him, in our obedience to Him, and in the way we chose to live with one another. Now He describes very uh, in very graphic form uh, what that day. He's like, because this this theme of the day of the Lord came up in in Jesus' time in the Gospels and Jesus, which is where I lean to, says, you you neither know ne- you neither know the time or the hour. Only the father knows
2: mm-hmm. in the
1: in one of our podcasts we did earlier in the year. We dealt with the first uh, chapter of Acts of the Apostles where the same side kind of question came up. When when will the day be when the kingdom of Israel, when Israel will be, uh, you know, saved from
2: yeah. this yeah.
1: national, what's his name? And Jesus says, your focus is to get out the good news as far as the end of the world, which was Rome at the time. So so he's given us um, a, a, a sense of core as to what we need engaged in. But at some point, there will be a time in which ca- accountability will be afforded. I mean, that goes for you, for me, in our work, in our family lives. There's always a time of accountability, a time of saying, so what have we really done with what we had and, 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 and our responses to the fact that all that we are and all that we have is gift. So how have we responded uh, in terms of, of that? So this day of the Lord is not something that we are told before the time. And so it will, it will be surprising. In my mind, I live as if the day of the Lord is now. Mm. For the time of accountability is now. Um, and you said the same thing. I live my life as a day when time, I could be called away from this life. For you, it says, there's no, there's nothing more after that. Once I'm dead, I'm dead.
2: Mm. But
1: for, for those who like Paul, uh, wrote here, he took this very seriously. It wasn't just an end for him. It was a day in which there's an accountability, um, a day in which our accountability is not to silence us to the grave, to make us one with the soil in which we came. Because within us is instilled that very unique gift called the breath of God.
2: Mm. The very life
1: that was within this body of us that will decay. And what have we done with that breath within us? So, so, So that was the very life that energized our personality, that energized our bodies, that energized our intellect, that got us to discover things, to learn things, to develop things, to speak things, articulately, all of that, What we did, how, did we, how did we enrich that life that God so generously gave us as the Ruach? And so um, you have chosen the path of career that you did, you've chosen to be married, and all of that is a um, gift from God. You utilizing your the breath of gift, the, the, the gift of breath that he gave us to be able to be a father, to be a mother, to be uh, an accountant, to be whatever it is, so that what we contribute is to the glory of God and to the enrichment and power empowerment of others, those who grew up with us. It's a celebration of those who have left foundations for us and it's also a way in which we're handing over the baton to the newer generations that are coming.
2: So it's okay. a day Yep. Yeah.
0: I, I, I hear you on that. But if you walk it back to like to like Garden of Eden, like creation kind of thing, before Adam ate from the tree of knowledge. He didn't have to toil the soil. It's like we we were cursed with with those things. So the pains of childbirth that Paul mentions here, um, like we wouldn't need a vocation if Adam had not eaten a the tree alive. Then you're like cool. Then Jesus came and Jesus wiped away that original sin, and it's like cool. And then he also says here, God did not choose us to suffer his anger, but to possess salvation through Jesus, through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us in order that we might live together with him, whether we are alive or dead when he comes. So who is the us that Paul is talking about? And then how, like, again, I'm, I'm saying, like, why is this still being lauded over us of, like, you need to repay, you need to repent for a certain thing that was that was done, where you're also saying in the same breath that like our life is a gift from God
1: well, we did have a vocation in the garden. Our vocation was to be in fellowship with God,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: our vocation in fellowship with God was meant for us to be obedient to him. Now, obedience would seem like a tyrannical expression but we know that that without that level of obedience is about responsibility it's about responsibility in our relationships and it's responsible in what we do in our behavior and it's about being responsible in what we say now it's of, of course we have all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god I, I'd like I didn't have a chance to go and look up this, but I think it's very interesting that you pointed this out. God chose not chose us not to suffer his anger. So that was God's choice initially. That God's that God's always wanting the best for us.
2: Mm. The brunt
1: of his anger would and the suffering that comes with it would obliterate us according to my, my understanding of the power of God. But God's heart has always been that we possess that word possess. Mm -hmm. um, Salvation. Now, how do you possess anything? How do you? So it's, it's like going along and looking for a specific item. You want to, you want to purchase. Mm. So you have to give something in order to bring that thing into your life. It's symbolism in a way, paying, let's paying, paying for your what's. them. so you surrender something that you, so that you can have in your life that which you now have placed value in. Mm. And for any human's, so, Jesus is, as it were, the bottom line for the Christian. We come to possess, We possess our willingness to repent, burden of sin. We surrender that to the one who took that burden for us. Now, within us, the work of salvation can continue, which becomes the saving work of God. Mm-hmm. And we surrender through our confession.
0: So, you were alluding to this idea of possession and then you were alluding to the idea of what have we done with this gift and then in the gospel which is matthew 25 verses 14 to 30 it's the parable of the talents and that is very much yeah um like if if you don't know it it's um this master gives 10 5 and 2 10 5 and 1 talent to three slaves, um, the one with 10 doubles his, the one with five doubles his, and the one with sorry, two talents, he hides his in the ground, um, and then he gets admonished. So my central problem with this is, um, and, and it's, 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 it's evident in, in our society where we kind of come down harder on the poorer people. Because there's this belief that they should have known better, where they really couldn't have, because, like, why was the one slave granted 10 talents? Why Why were there the divisions in the, diff- the amounts that each slave received? So m- I, my assumption is just that. The one who got 10 talents, he was maybe a higher ranking slave um, on the estate. Um, whereas then the one who got the two was too busy being a slave to have learned anything about like investment and all of those sorts of things. So maybe I'm going off on a tangent. Maybe I'm a bit wrong. What do you see in this, Father?
1: Yeah, I think we dealt with this particular text right early on in our podcasts um, during the other levels of, 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 of COVID. And lockdown mm-hmm. this is a very interesting uh, text but what i find interesting is that that is there's, there's only the conversation really between that slave and the master now mm-hmm. i would want to to move out of to move from the point it says the master had a had a wonderful relationship with all the people that worked for him. And so Ooh. he knew at that point where their ability had, had, had risen to. So the responsibility of giving more to the, to the one that got the 10, one who got the five was as the, at the point of where they were in order to be able to manage that amount of responsibility. I would want to say mm. the master mm. in Jesus story knew. The people that worked for him, because he developed a good relationship. Another thing is why would a generous ma- why would a master generally put talents in the hand of slaves? Um, because they were worth nothing. they were his possessions.
2: Mm-hmm. So what
1: type of master was this that he could entrust to his slaves these amounts when you are entrusted with something? and fear accompanies being entrusted with responsibility mm. then fear is going to erode that sense of responsibility so mm. so so fear governed his heart and therefore fear governed his um, his actions furthermore this um, this this master says I reap where I do not sow, gather where I did not, did not scatter the seed. So if you knew that, you,
2: you would know
1: that, and just look at it, I reap where I do not sow, gather where I did, did not scatter seed. So I take risks. That's how I work. If you knew me to be that man, why didn't you act on knowing the kind of person I was? And then trust that when you give back what you, if you really learned from me, you wouldn't have put that money in the ground. You would have bargained with it in order to go. Even if you lost it, it would still, still be in practicing what I had taught you to do. Because you know me as as a, as a person where I reap, where I did not sow, and you and I carry. I did not scatter seeds. So he he allowed fear to overtake his heart when knowledge about the master should have shaped him. But he did not allow that to happen. And so he now not he now pays for inability, his unwillingness to take the risks. Rather, he chose fear, overtaking the risks. So is there a level of accountability here? Um, I mean, I know the words are hard. The master replied, you're wicked and lazy. Mm. You knew, but you did not act on knowledge. Um, and so uh, so he, he told them you should have known this is how I work. And if you had learned to take the risk, this would have benefited you. But it would also have benefited me because look what happens to the other two, the one who got the ten brought another ten was given more, and so the one was five. Why he that that had the least to lose was not was the one unwilling to take the risks and and act on what he knew about the master and how the master operates with his wealth. Now I think that generally speaking. This would be a normal thing in the office, for example. Mm. The normal thing in the office is that you had the least to do on this project, but you did nothing. So how can you benefit if the rest of us are doing, are are bringing our fact um, to the table?
0: That's a bit of a false dichotomy. Um, so, so, so my my reading is still the the, the same. Where it's like. So each slave was granted an amount determined by their abilities. So this was like the least able slave. So how did the master empower the slave outside of? So it's like maybe he was the frailest and maybe that was because he had the hardest, you know, there, there's always the backstory, like we said last week, there's, there's a backstory to laziness. It's never just like, outright. you're being lazy. And this guy says, he's like, I know you were harsh man. that's why I hid my thing, and here's the thing that you had, that you gave me. So he misunderstood the test, I imagine. But he was also, I, I don't believe he was empowered um to go forth and then go invest that money. It was like this assumption on the master side that like I've given you this example, I have been this example to you. You should have been smart enough to recognize what I was doing. So like then that brings me to the question of like what is the lesson being taught here?
1: I would like to 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 to, to counter what you're saying around this. I think empowerment comes when you are entrusted with responsibility.
2: Mm -hmm. If you
1: reflected deeply on why was I entrusted, even if it was the the least that I was entrusted with, what, what is here that I should do when I'm entrusted with this? What is the task of entrustment? I'm being empowered to do something that ordinarily I wouldn't have been been because of my status as a slave. So, what did he do with thinking through the reasons for him being entrusted and therefore empowered? Because the conversation was equal to all three of them, that when he gave them the talents, um, there was a keen instruction. Um, he entrusted his property to them. And they then, what he normally did with his property, they should have done with his property. They were acting in his place with the properties. So he was he was he was he was he was, he was um, what did what did what did you say here? He was um, lazy and wicked. Now, is it because he did not observe? Is it because he was just not willing to learn? Even though he was given equal opportunity with the others. Mm. So does it amount to the fact that therefore the, when, when you do not, when you, when you entrusted with something and you then th- don't make any effort I mean, what stopped him from going to the guy with the 5 and the guy with the 10 and said, look, I really am, don't, get, I don't have this whole thing in place, but what, what are you guys going to do? Because it was open secret to what they got. And they all were entrusted with something of that property.
0: I think I'm responding from, or at least with the weight of, like, what has happened in this country where you have equality or at least the illusion of equality now. Um, you, you can't have equality when the people who had hoarded all of the, econ- all of the wealth didn't lose any of their wealth. <laughs> like yes. that, that's, not, that's not equality. Um, so now you have, in a non-racial society, or at least a post-apartheid society, you have three children. Like, who have now grown to adulthood, and you give them an amount of money, and you, like, go do with us what you wish. So, like, the the we're not all arriving at that start line to the race with the same preparation.
1: In this story, my view is that they were.
0: Like, it, they still slaves.
1: <laughs> Understandably, but slaves who works for their master. And as long as they work for the master and enable his property to be to be productive, their benefit of staying on in that household
2: grew. Their value
0: grew. But but, but outside of, of like being an example and like conducting his business openly in front of them so that they could it's, it's like it's like when I have an argument with my wife. Ninety percent of the time, it's the expectation on her was a perceived inaction on my side. And it's like, you never communicated the expectation to me. So like, why am I now being punished for not delivering something because males that just was not don't communicated? Get it like <laughs> you can't just run away with that sort of thing so like did the master actively like instruct him on how to like conduct business how to grow that investment uh, like there's a lot of forces in play when it comes to like doubling your your funds and like i really don't because he got two talents like everyone didn't get the same amount they were given the amount according to their abilities he was clearly the the least able of the three and it's like yeah there was for me I'm, I'm still like stuck in this there was no empowerment um there was no there's no mention of the master had trained him in a certain way like he was just thinking as a slave and then i i extrapolate this to like what the the message is here where it's like it's a very capitalist view of um like faith where it's like we were granted these gifts and we should have worked and ploughed and invested and done all these things. But it's like, who gave you, who gives you that knowledge? Where must you get that knowledge from of how to do that?
1: Well, when you, when we look back at the theme, share with Christ in the work of the kingdom.
0: Well played.
1: Well played. Well played. <laughs> <laughs> So if he was really the slave who worked with his master, he would have learned. And if he worked with the other slaves, he would have learned. Now, maybe his grasp of it was not as fast or as intelligent as, but the master didn't cut him out of taking responsibility of some form of responsibility to ensure that the property is maintained and that it is productive. He was given and he was entrusted with a percentage. Now, of course, five percent and ten percent needs the two percent in order to make the one hundred percent. He mm-hmm. slacked in Israel. He chose the easiest route out. When, if he had lost that two talent, it wouldn't have been a great loss. But he would have learned a lesson by it if he had tried. Mm. And for me, it means he did not see himself as being part of sharing in the responsibility of ensuring that the master's property is maintained and also become productive. So he had just mm. a little bit to look after. And what did he do? He did not seize the opportunity. So I would say that. By in, the word entrusting is for me a key thing here. I would always make this uh, um, point when it comes to that. Even in my parents' sasa years, when mm. they were getting a state pension, they would still buy top quality. They didn't lower their standards. and throw Woolworths out and went to some other shop. They still maintain the standards according to the way that they live. Yeah. So I, even under the worst circumstance, yeah. if you just cross for whatever opportunity you have in sharing with something, in sharing in something bigger than yourself, you wouldn't be branded a lazy and wicked sir. And that is why I. St. Paul's words in Thessalonians at the end of it is so important. As he said last week this week, and so encourage and help one another just as you are now doing. The point of even a hard story, a difficult story to grasp, where the language can be very critical, you still can learn from it. You can still be encouraged by it. Um, I mean, any, anybody of us, when we look at these three guys, we would say, I want to be the one that learns to take risks when I'm, in, when I'm entrusted because I've got something that I've learned along the way that I can apply. Do I really want to be like the guy who will be associated with the gnashing of teeth just because I allowed fear to get the upper hand of me?
2: And so it's that thing called
1: fear that we have to deal with very seriously in our life.
0: But I, I just feel that it gets brought up like it, it's ingrained in all of the texts where it's like preparing for the time of the coming of the Lord. Like it's, I, who did I had a discussion with someone where it's like, it still bugs me that we, we, we say that God is all-loving, but that there's punishment and there's a real cruel side to God. And then in this sort of story where Jesus is relating like an illness, um, where it may have been like, I'm very empathetic to the plight of the underprivileged because underprivileged, for me means a lack of exposure to many situations. Um, it's, it's a lack of perspective on something like wealth management or, and it's just because that opportunity was never granted fully to you. Or at least those who came before you, your parents, whoever weren't granted those opportunities. So they couldn't pass on any meaningful life lessons to you. And then it's different. When you observing like a manager or a lecturer or something, a mentor, then when you actually have those lessons coming out in your family life, um, but yeah, that that's just man like the fear is just shouted over and over again. It's like you have to live a certain way. You have to keep this. Like you have to share everything you have to give credit to god you have to do all these things or you will be punished and like that fear is is paralyzing um but yeah, yeah but, I... but is it
1: is it about punishment Leo? is it about the consequences of your lack of of making of becoming responsible i would i would go i go back in my life very often and i say mm. to myself if i were given a different set of parents would i have been who i am today when i think of the difficulties that they had to go through and how they survived it and how they 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 maintained their faith how they upheld their dignity um, my dad was described by one of the young men in the church that they belong that in the, in the parish that they belong to He was, in his quiet way, was seen as a colossal figure that people looked up, not because of what he said, but because of how he presented himself. Mm. So when I look back there and I say, and and every time I look at at them, and I I, I wish I would have had my dad's sense of dress because he was just so meticulous when it comes to dressing. I don't have a sense of dressing, unfortunately, so I am the lazy slave who didn't take notice or when I took notice, I didn't apply. So when I look at my mother, the same thing, the challenges that she had to go through, when I look at my mother and father-in-law and the challenges they had to go through, when I look at the generations of aunts and uncles that I have had, I must say, thank God for them because they had for me the values of the kingdom. Mm. If I had not had them, I would not have had. So I wonder, is it really punishment from God? Or is it the consequences of having felt foul to my own fear that I end end up feeling worthless, feeling in a state of darkness? and in a state of weeping and therefore gnashing my teeth is this a form of punishment from god or is this the consequences of my choices is it the consequences Mm -hmm. of not having taken up um, the opportunity i had rather thrown away and the evidence of this state worthlessness outer darkness weeping and gnashing of teeth can even be seen in people's lives today and people you have spoken to would say, because I did not take the choice. That I did not take up the challenges that I could have taken up if I, if I was. There are many stories where people have come out of the gutter to live exemplary lives, lives of dignity. And I think, I mean, you, you often speak about the brokenness in your own growing up in terms of parents. And yet, your parents stand out for you as the ones who molded and shaped you and because of who they were in spite of the breakdown and maybe even because of the breakdown, you were able to, 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 to have a sense of responsibility that you may not have had if everything seemed like it was perfect.
2: Mm.
1: So I'm just wondering whether this is as a consequence of, not taking hold of an opportunity. I'm only given two talents. That's not much to lose if I invested. And I could probably
2: gain a hundred percent. But I'm afraid
0: mm. I don't have much to add on that, I think that was a, a a good way to round it out. I I enjoy the the positive and empowering sentiment in the story, um, but yeah, there, there's still that that central idea of like f- the fear of God.
2: <laughs> sure, sure,
0: um, I understand. And that. then I I think the 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 responsibility is then on. Um or even in these discussions, in exploring like what faith means in these times, empower people to understand that like you, you can challenge and you can try and forge your own path.
1: I just want to conclude with one with one thought. Remember in the Thessalonians reading we read God chooses us not to suffer his anger. Mm. But to possess salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord, how would that have applied itself into the gospel reading? It's the God who chooses not for us to suffer His anger, but rather that we have salvation through to possess salvation through Jesus Christ His Son. What what was what? How does as how does that message correlate with what Jesus is teaching in the gospel? And that's probably a question that we must consider. You know. Going forward.
2: Mm. Mm.
1: So, shall we continue the thoughts through the prayers, uh, Lindsay?
2: Yeah, for yes, for
0: the rest of the week. Yes, sir. Uh.
1: Okay. And so, as we pray, uh, we pray to God, who is always generous to us, and we thank Him for calling us to share in the diversity of gifts He has given us, and we pray that God may help us use these gifts. To grow his kingdom, because as we grow his kingdom, so we grow life. We ask that God will keep his church from concern only for itself and the fear that paralyzes action, especially in these times. Therefore, we will rejoice and be glad in your Lord, because we trust in your mercy. We ask God. To continue blessing the earth with His bountiful love, and inspire us to embrace stewardship of wisdom and fairness um, of the riches of the earth, and we pray that God may turn our hearts from greed and abuse of His creation. And so we rejoice, and we and, and we are glad in the Lord, in whose mercy we trust. As we give thanks to the generous God, we realize that um, he has given us a body with many limbs and organs and we as the church have different callings and abilities in in a wonderful symphony of his transforming love. So we ask that God may help us to be united in him so that we can sing his praises together. We also ask God to give um, we give God thanks for the skills and talents of medical practitioners and we pray for all of them in our parishes and communities, in hospitals and surgeries, in um, research. Um, Pray that in your mercy, Lord, be with those who call upon you in their frailty and remember all the sick And suffering as we ask God to pour out His blessings of healing and mercy on them. And so we thank God who gave us life and gave it abundantly. And we raise all our dearly departed brothers and sisters to God's salvation in Jesus Christ. So we rejoice in the joy of His kingdom. And as we spoke very early on in the broadcast, Lindsay, COVID is still very much with us, and we are trying to avoid any form of the second wave. So now we are called to focus on how we have to live our lives uh, in the framework of protocols that save life. And so we continue to pray, author of life, leader of the nations, to grant us courage to face our trial, give us wisdom to find relief. And faith to be responsible. And grant us your salvation for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Lindsay, this brings us to the concluding part of our our service for tomorrow. um, Where we ask God to be generous to us as we go out into this week. That we may go and live as children of the light. That we may put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet the hope of salvation making the most of all god has given to us and encourage us to encourage one another in christ may god's hand be open to your kindness may christ jesus welcome you into his joy and may the holy spirit fill you with courage vigilance and faithfulness My sisters and brothers, go in peace in the world this week to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen.